is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and I'm going to read from verse number 5. The Apostle Paul is writing here. And Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he begins to tell them about what brought joy back into his life. Mm. I don't know about you, but I could use some joy in my Amen. life. And um, you know, uh, I, I want to read what he says. This is what he says. He says in verse number five, for when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest. Mm. How many of you know rest is important? Amen. And he said, but we were harassed at every turn. How many of you feel like the last couple months have been harassing? Yeah. 2020 has harassed me enough. <laughs> I need you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you ain't going to harass me no more, 2020. <laughs> come on. Come on, church. See, if we were in church city, yeah. that was a moment right there. If you had enough, say, I've had enough. Yeah. Amen. Paul said the body had no rest. Mm. And I was harassed everywhere I went. Mm. I never thought being in my house doing nothing, I could feel harassed. Mm. <laughs> It tells you that harass is not, it, it, it is a state of mind. Mm. And, and uh, what you feed your mind can cause you to feel harassed, right? Mm. So he said, I was harassed on every side, on every turn. And then he says, conflicts on the outside. Mm. Look at that. Mm. Conflicts occurring on the outside. And then he says, fears within. Mm. Oh, this is powerful. Paul said, when I came into Macedonia, my body had no rest. My mind was harassed. There was conflicts occurring all around me on the outside. And as a result, there was fears within. I want to remind you of who's talking. Mm. This is not a non-believer. Right. This is not somebody who just came to the Lord. This is not somebody who's speaking in society. My friends, this is the great Apostle Paul. Yes. The one who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, the one who wrote most of the doctrines that governs and articulates. And it, it tells what the church of Jesus Christ ought to look and right, live by. Right, right. This is the great apostle Paul who tells us uh, how the structure and the governing of a believer's life should be. It was this man that got the revelation from God of what a believer's life should look like after Jesus left. Mm. After Jesus left, the only writings that, that, that became so prevalent to us were the writings of the great apostle Paul and he's writing and he's saying I'm tired mm. and I'm harassed and there's conflict all around mm. and within me there are great fears mm. fear is not exempt to the believer right. Right. not because you say I love Jesus means that automatically there aren't things going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I think if Apostle Paul were here, he would say it's one thing for conflicts to be on the outside. But when the conflicts begin to create chaos on the inside, right. you're in trouble. Yeah. And so he says, 
Every corner I turn, conflict on the outside, fears within. Now I want you to know, Sister Sherry, mm. that the last couple months has left a lot of people with uncertainty. Yeah. There is a lot of uncertainty watching in this camera right now yeah. of what tomorrow will look like. Yeah. Your marriage is in jeopardy. Yeah. Your finances might be in jeopardy. Yeah. Your, your living status might be in jeopardy. Your peace of mind is in jeopardy. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Some of us depend on this economy to open back up and come back strong. Right. In order, to, We have no idea, uncertainty. Yeah. Don't know what your children, what their future will be. This pandemic has locked people in rooms mm. and had them isolated for a long time. Mm. There are children that are suffering from this. Yeah. And I have overlooked the young people. I not, not, let me rephrase that. I have reached out and tried my best. But oftentimes we forget that children and young people are affected by this pandemic mm. too. Yeah. Uh, I was given some sad news. Mm. And my, I want you to pray, especially for my family and especially for my daughter today. Mm. Somebody she knew dearly lost his life tragically. Mm. And uh, I don't even know if I can share this, but we pray for that family today. A young person tragically lost their life. I'll leave it at that. Who was somebody that is known by my daughter. And this is affecting every area of life. There are people that are lonely that are watching. Mm. There are people that are angry that are watching. There are people that are heartbroken that are watching. Mm. There are people that are upset. People are frustrated. You know, with all these protests, people went out there protesting not even knowing. The people, <laughs> there are some people that went out just because they're, they're harassed. Right. They are frustrated. Yeah. Conflict on every side. You know, the police officers have been arrested and there's change coming to the police department and still people want to keep protesting. And you know what that is saying to me as a pastor? That people just, they're tired. Yeah. They want more from life. Right. And they're looking to governments for more to life. But governments will continuously, the best they can do, they'll do. And we pray they do their best but still they fail us. Mm. They look to family members. They look to mom and dad. They look to wherever for hope. People are scrambling for hope. And they're looking everywhere. Even believers are feeling like this. I'm just tired. Mm. My daughter was just saying to me last night on the bed as we were consoling her with tears in her eyes. She was telling us, she said, you know, the American pressure is always to do something mm. to if you don't do something, you're nothing. You're worthless. And so people don't even do to enjoy. They do to find meaning. Yeah. And that constant pressure of always having to produce rather than just enjoy life. Like if I feel like sleeping a day, I'm going to sleep right. and enjoy it. If I feel like just going in the backyard today, I'm just going to go in the backyard. There's this constant tape playing in people's minds. That you got to do this, you got to do that. That is the voice and the conflict from the outside causing fear on the inside. Yeah. And Paul said, I felt that. Mm. Paul said, I felt that. Right. My body was tired. Mm. 
And the next verse says something very important that I want to look at. And I want to read. The next verse said, after he said all of that, but God. Amen. I'm going to stop there for a second. But God. Tell your neighbor, but God. Come on, somebody. But Come God. on. If, you, if, if we don't have God, we are in trouble as a people, as humanity. But God. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to read what he says in a minute. But I'm reminded of Jeremiah. I'm almost done. I see tears in your eyes. Don't cry. Don't cry. I'm reminded of Jeremiah. They call Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Because Jeremiah was having a conversation with God. And God was telling Jeremiah all that would happen to Israel because of the choices they've been making. Because of the choices they've been making, God was revealing to Jeremiah that there's going to be chaos in their world. Mm. That there's going to be division in their society. Mm. That there's going to be turmoil. That men are going to do evil. That, that, that the next couple years that is to come, there's going to be tremendous sorrows because of the choices and the rejection and the refusal to let God be God mm. in their life. Mm. Let God not just be God on Sunday, but let him govern every area of yes. your life. Let him be God over your finances. Yes. Let him be God over your marriage. Let him be God over your pride. Let him be God over your politics. Let him be God over everything. Let God shape your thinking. But they refused. And the, the nation, the, the Jeremiah became the weeping prophet because he saw what was happening. And he became touched by what he saw was happening. If you're a Christian, there's no way you can love God and not look into our world from pandemics to debts, to, to, uh, uh, to injustices, to you name it, mm. and not somehow be moved in your heart to say, God, I weep because people are like sheep without a shepherd yeah. and they need hope mm. and they don't need false hope. Yes. They need change. Yes. God, the goal is not to hate each other. Um, man, listen, there's something inside me that, that, that tears up when I see protests and police hug. As much as I want to protest injustice, I, I want unity and love to prevail even more, my brothers and sisters. I don't protest people's skin color because you didn't have a choice to be the color skin you are. I protest injustice, but what I want greater is for humanity to let all of this bitterness go. For all the turmoil that we are seeing all those that are oppressed and depressed to come out Amen. like Jeremiah. I weep for the people yes. that they may know that there's hope. And Jeremiah weep, weep. They, I don't know. I, Jeremiah weep because he knew what was going to happen. And I'm afraid that this is just the beginning if men and women do not turn to their God. Yes. Church of Jesus Christ, you can't be about movements more than you are about the movement. Yes. 
Oh, it says, I need a moment. I need a hug. <laughs> Send me a hug, y'all. Send me a hug emoji. And Jeremiah wept. And Jeremiah cried. And he cried because he wanted the people to have real hope. Mm. And in Jeremiah 8, verse 22, you know, that's why I love that song, Reckless Love. Because mm. there is no shadow he won't light up yes. no mountain he won't climb up yeah. coming at there's no god will kick down yes. Yes. what shall yes. separate me from the love oh of god yes. paul wrote that yes. paul understood that that no matter how i feel here's the beauty of the gospel it's not based on how i feel yeah. it's based on his love for me yes. jeremiah saw Everything that was going on. He saw how greedy people became. Mm. He saw how greedy those that ran society became. He saw how greedy men and women want. Mm. He saw how they were into their self motives. He saw how political society became. He saw and he saw all the leaders just weaponizing and doing stuff. And the laymen were hurting and committing suicide and dying and marriages were broken. And eventually those people fell into to, to, to other nations, invading them. And their nation was destroyed. Was destroyed because they turned from God. And he saw this. He saw greed creep in to even the prophets. And prophets begun to not preach the truth anymore. They preach what people wanted to hear for monetary gain. Doesn't it sound like today? When preachers want to preach everything that make people feel good and don't want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for let men and women know that if you reject Jesus and you turn from God and you push God out, you have a world without God and this is the result. You're going to have to give me some tissue. (laughs) Hallelujah. You stay here. Savannah, you get it. You get it. You stay here. You stay here. This is the result. And you read it, you read it, you read it. You read what happens. The Bible says that in the book of Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 22, that Jeremiah said, is there not a bomb in Gilead? Is there not a bomb in Gilead? What a question. Mm -hmm. And what he was asking was, Gilead was a place that was known for its spices Mm. and herbal cures. They were a place, Gilead is mentioned not only here, but it's mentioned also, I'm going to have to pardon and turn around. Pray for pastor. I got what? Tissue. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I done messed myself up. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sister Shelly. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. He said, is there not a bomb in Gilead? Gilead was a place where spices and herbs and cures came from. Mm. Right? And, and, And in Genesis, when the Bible says they beat up Joseph... And they heard him, Mm -hmm. that he looked up and he saw Ishmaelites coming. Mm -hmm. 
and the Ishmaelites were carrying spices and bombs. I got stuff all over <laughs> yeah, me. Come on, hallelujah. You don't mess up my sermon yes, now. I done messed up my own You're sermon. Good. The Bible says that when Joseph saw the Ishmaelites, they were carrying spices and herbs and medicine and bombs from Gilead. Mm. Why? Gilead was a place that they had cures. Mm. And those cures would heal. And so when they saw Joseph, they took the bombs and the spices and the herbs and they healed and replenished Joseph and then brought him. And that's where they took him into Egypt and sold him into slavery. Right? But he was healthy and whole again because of the bomb in Gilead. Mm -hmm. It is mentioned throughout scripture that Gilead was a place where cures were known for healing the body. Mm -hmm. But what is strange to me is that Jeremiah is not talking about a bodily problem. Mm -hmm. He's talking about a society problem. Mm -hmm. He says they are greedy. They have turned from God. They are doing all this stuff. Men are suicidal. Men are running from the Lord. Men are doing this. Men are cheating on their wives. Men are, men are, men are, men are giving up on God. Men don't want to, to, to worship him anymore. And then he says society is about to be in turmoil. He saw it and he's weeping. And then he asked, is there not a bomb in Gilead that could heal this? He's asking if there's a medicine that cures bodies mm. to cure society, right. is there a vaccine for this? Mm. Is there a treatment for this? Is there not a bomb in Gilead? Mm. And do you know that later on, God himself said to Egypt in the same book of Jeremiah, he said, I'm about to do something to Egypt because Egypt... Uh, had beef with God. Mm. And he told him, he said, go run and look to Gilead to see if you'll find a bomb. There is no bomb there that will cure this. But I want you to know that Jeremiah had the right idea. What is the bomb that can cure humanity? Yeah. And the answer and why God was saying you can't find it in Gilead was because he was saying, I am the bomb yes. of Gilead. Yes. That the bomb that you're looking for in Gilead is not a herbal medicine, but the one who created the herbs. Mm. Yes. The one who cures and gives man the wisdom. I am the cure for society. And Jeremiah wept and cried. And later on, he became a man by the name of Jesus the Amen. Christ. Who walked on planet earth. Yes. Who felt everything you and I felt. Who saw injustice. Amen. Who saw everything that we saw. Who saw, he, listen, Jesus saw injustice. He saw how how, how the Romans were treating his own people. He saw how the Pharisees had become corrupted and the church of the time were greedy and they were 
they weren't preaching the gospel anymore. They were manipulating people. He saw what the church had done. He saw what the politicians had done. He not only saw that, he saw sickness. He saw lepers who were put outside of society and had to scream unclean if they ever wanted to be back in social uh, society again. He saw sickness. He saw death. He saw how people were treated unfair. How one, He saw it. He saw every atrocity. He saw racism. He saw everything. And Jesus said, I, he, this is what he did. He looked out one day at Jerusalem and he wept like Jeremiah for what the plight of the people is. He said they are like sheep without a shepherd. And then when you read on in the same week when he wept for them, he was headed to Golgotha. He was headed to the cross because Jesus was answering Jeremiah's yes. question yes. is there not a bomb yes. is there not a cure yes. is there not hope in this life and the one to come yes. he was answering as he was walking yes. as they arrested him in oh my gosh I feel the anointing of God in this thing today as he was you see there's no shadow he wouldn't light up there was no mountain that he wouldn't climb up coming after those people he was answering the question when they arrested him when they took him on trial when they spit in his face when they mocked him when they put the crown of thorns on his head when they told him carry his cross when they whipped him on the back he was walking because he was answering Jeremiah's question is there not a bomb is there not a cure to fix the conflicts on the outside and quiet the fears within and stop this mind from feeling harassed hallelujah and as he walked up the hill he took the nails in his hands he took the piercing in his side he took it he saw America he saw China he saw the Caribbean he saw South America he saw nations he saw humanity he saw the plight of mankind Jesus it is the greatest man that has ever lived there's never been another man like this there's never never been another man who's claimed what he's claimed that I am the cure for these problems and if my people would humble themselves and live by the word of God society would be healed he was answering the question is there not a bomb in Gilead yes there is and his name is Jesus and so Paul says I was feeling all these things but God come on somebody but God I'm getting ready to close this is what he says in 2 Corinthians. Look at these words. Here's the bomb. But God who comforts the downcast. I want you to pause right there before you see how he does it. Have you ever felt downcast like quitting and giving up? Have you ever felt depressed? Like Elijah, that you can pray and call down fire and still somebody's threatening your life. Mm. Jezebel. You ever felt like John the Baptist, who one day you proclaim, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And next day you feel like you're in a prison and you're asking, are you the Christ or should I look for another? Are you the bomb or should I look? Have you ever felt like that? 
I could go on and on. And that was not exempt from the great apostle. And so, brothers and sisters, we feel like this at times. But God comforts the downcast. If you're depressed about your financial situation, Mm -hmm. there is a bomb in Gilead. If you are depressed over the way your life has turned out, there's a bomb in Gilead. It's not how you start. It's not even the middle of the game. It's when the final seconds of your life ticks. Would you have known the bomb in Gilead? I I worry when I watch basketball games. Mm. When I'm not worried is when the final seconds Mm. have ended. Mm. Because that would have determined who the winner is. And let me tell you, when you get to the book of Revelation, mm. I know who wins. Yes. I know who wins. Yes. Those that have lost loved ones, lost grandmothers, lost mothers, lost husbands, lost family members, lost friends. If they knew the Lord Jesus Christ, we know how this ends. Yes. We will win. We will see them. Yes. Y'all hear yes. what I'm saying? He says, God comforts the downcast. Listen to me, elderly. If you've been trapped in a room all this pandemic, we haven't forgotten about you and neither has the Lord. The Lord remembers you today. And he's going to comfort you in your house. Listen to me, young people. I know you had a lot of big plans. Some of you wanted to get married this year. Some of you had dreams of finding a spouse. You wanted to get out there. You wanted to buy a house. You wanted to do this. But now all those plans just seem to be on pause. The Lord remembers the downcast. I know we look at outside and we see all that's going on. And you you, you angry. You shouting stuff you don't even know what you shouting. You retweeting, putting stuff up you don't even know what it stands for. Just because there's something you want. Something. The Lord remembers the downcast. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is Satan, Mm. and he is the genius at weaponizing moments in life Mm. to keep you feeling depressed. But the devil is a liar. Look, he comforted us by coming, by the coming of Titus. Mm. Look at how God did it. God sent a friend. And when Titus came, this is what Paul said he did. And not only by his coming, but also the comfort you have given him. So the friend needed to be comforted. Look at that. And he told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy became greater than ever. In other words, Paul's friend came and said, Paul, Everything you've been preaching is not in vain. Let me tell you what's happening to all those churches that you've been preaching. Revival is breaking out. Men and women are getting saved. Your your letters are becoming doctrines. The world is about to be revolutionized by what you're saying. There's nobody like the apostle Paul that has shaped humanity's thoughts because he availed himself to Christ and he felt that his life was meaningless Mm. by what he was doing. Can you imagine 
Paul felt that the letter to Corinthians and the letter to Ephesus and the letters to Rome and the, the work he was doing, he felt downcast like it was meaningless. And it was Titus who was downcast that showed up and said, let me tell you what God is doing in your feeling of insignificance. Keep working for God because it is making a difference over here and when Paul heard that his joy was restored because he knew the bomb in Gilead is not a liar that he was able to heal that he was able to change communities that he was able to bring hope and that the Roman world was changed and that the current world was changed and Ephesus and the world was changing because the bomb was true and he had a friend listen ladies and gentlemen this is why church is important when you feel downcast you want to go in a corner and you want to stay away from from online church and you don't even want to call, you don't even want to come on Zoom, our, our small group should be packed because you need Christian friends who will bring the word of God. But sometimes even when friends fail, there is no friend like the Holy Spirit. And the Lord will send the friend of all friends to comfort the downcast Amen. and remind you who he is yes. and whose you are. I want to pray with you today yes. that if you're feeling downcast, that the Lord would lift you out of that pit, mm. that the Lord would break depression. Yes. Sometimes too, be careful. Listen to me and I'm closing with this. Be careful that you don't let your downcast be acted out in a way that it shouldn't. Mm. Meaning that you don't run to other sources for hope and you put God on the back burner. Right. Run to the Lord Jesus. Yes. Tell him how you feel. Yes. Tell him I feel harassed. Mm. Tell him there's conflict on the outside and fears within. Mm. And the Lord will send a friend He'll send an answer. He'll send a word. I don't know what he'll send, but something is on the way. And whatever's on the way, it is a bomb that will cure what you're feeling. Yes. Be careful that you don't let the downcastness make you make bad choices to isolate and give up. It is your choices that will determine where you are tomorrow. Not your feelings, your choice. Mm -hmm. Your feelings might tell you not to make a good choice. Make a good choice anyway. And let your choice change your feelings. Amen. Don't let your feelings change your choice. Mm -hmm. Let your choice change your feelings. I want to pray with you today. Yes. First, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we want to invite you to ask him to come into your heart. And let that balm be a healing to you today. Yes. And, uh, uh, and then we're going to take prayer requests. So if you already know the Lord, go ahead and write a prayer request. Savannah is going to um, place all of those down there. And we're going to pray for Savannah today too. Remind me, make sure I pray for my daughter. Uh, it is a custom of mine. I always pray for every one of my children when it's their birthday. Amen. Amen. So put your prayer request down. Would you pray with me right now as we ask Jesus into our hearts? 
Come on, say, Father God. Father God. I ask you. I ask you to forgive me. To forgive me of every sin. Of every sin. I need your healing. I need your healing. I need your power. I need your power to touch me. To touch me. Father. Father. I thank you. I thank you that you died. That you died. And you rose from the grave. And you rose from the grave. That I may be healed. That I may be healed. And set free. And set free from the strongholds of sin. From the strongholds of sin. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for rising from the dead. And from this moment. And from this moment. I thank. Thank you. I thank you that your spirit lives in me. That your spirit lives in me. That I have a friend. That I have a friend that is closer. That is closer than a brother. Than a brother who will always pick me up. Who will always pick me up when I'm downcast. When I'm downcast. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching once again. We pray blessings on you and your family. And we're doing a tremendous work here in New York City. We believe the Lord has called us here. It cost us. We are grateful for everyone that sows into our ministry. And if you're watching and you feel led to sow, you can go to churchcityusa.com. You can sow into our ministry. Hey, listen, every bit help. It doesn't matter how big or small. We bless God for you. And uh, we love you. And we want to continue to do the work of the ministry. Thank you. This is your boy, and I'm out.